You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. Pirate fans, welcome into the show tonight. Uh, on this Wednesday night here, heading into week five of college football uh, on this night as Hurricane Ian takes aim at the great state of Florida, uh, which is going to have a big impact on some of the games this weekend. Um, but before we get into that, let me go ahead and welcome in um, my colleague here, Jay Sunhalter. Jay, how you doing tonight? Maddie, I'm good. How's it going? It's going well, buddy. Hey, you did a uh, you did a lot better than me last week. You should feel very proud of yourself tonight. I'm uh, slightly embarrassed. Well, I, I got very lucky because I've been terrible up until last week. So I appreciate I appreciate uh, appreciate it very much. But hopefully, we can get another good week, both of us in the winning column. Absolutely, you had a four and one week, Jay. So that's uh, that's your best week to date. So uh, you know, again, you should feel uh, feel good about that one. Um, so, Jay, really, really tough slate of games this week. Um, we're going to preview five or six here. Um, but before we get into it, is there any particular game here that really kind of jumps out at you as, you know, the one game to watch this weekend? Well, I mean, the biggest one's NC State-Clemson. And really, that's because I want to see Clemson beat NC State. But I want to also see, you know, how how DJ does – and it's going to be a prime time with everybody there. So that's the biggest one I want to see. And then also, I just want to continue to see how USC performs because they're rolling right now. So those are two teams I'm watching. They certainly are. And, um, you know, Lincoln Riley definitely has it going there in his first year. So you got to give credit where credit's due to uh, to Lincoln. But um, so, so Jay, listen, we're going to do a, a nice short and sweet show tonight. Uh, we're going to keep this around 35 minutes. So, Let's go ahead and get into it, my friend. Um, what you just said was probably the game of the weekend. Number 10, NC State at number five, Clemson. Clemson is a six and a half point favorite, Jay. Uh, why don't you kick us off here? Well, my, my heart says Clemson, and I'm pulling for them. But I think at six and a half points, I think it's going to be a tough environment for NC State. I think NC State... You know, they had the scare against East Carolina where East Carolina should have won. Then they kind of rolled through the schedule. But I think they're going to be running into a different beast down at Clemson. So I'm going to go with Clemson to cover. All right. All right. Jay, did you happen to catch, and I know you were working, I don't know if you caught any of the Clemson-Wake Forest game last week. Yeah, I saw a pre- I saw a pregame. I was watching the highlights, and they had it on the scoreboard. So I caught it a little bit back and forth, but I, I didn't see the full game. What a game, man. I mean, what a, what a great game. High scoring. Uh, very li- Defense was optional in that game, which, which really surprised me because Clemson, you know, you think of how many great athletes they have, especially on the D-line. They can really get af- after the quarterback. And, you know, Wake did a great job moving the ball. You know, they got down 14 nothing early, but then they responded quickly and they were able to, uh, you know, obviously take a lead and almost win that game. Um, so – you know, I think Clemson's defense is a little down this year. Um, NC State for me, Jay, you know, they had the big win against Texas Tech, right, at home, which has proved to be a very good win because then Texas last week 
gets it done at home against the Longhorns and wins that game outright. So that win is looking better and better. Um, so, so I think, and, and I hate to say it, I don't, I don't like to give state credit, but I think they're going to go on the road here and make this a very tough game. I don't think they're going to win, um, but I do think they're going to cover the six and a half. So I'm going to go with NC State here. Our first disagreement of the night, Jay. Right off the bat, Matt. Look at that. We're on opposite ends of the of the spectrum. We'll see what happens next week. Well, based on my last week, you should just pick against me every time, and you'll be all right. <laughs> well, I've, I felt, I've said the same thing. Last week was my first good one, so we'll both be good. We'll come out of this. We'll come out of this, buddy. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Um, all right, so moving right along, Jay, uh, another – Interesting game here. Team we just talked about, number 22. And, and let's back up here. Let's let's look at the graphic on the screen here. Jay's got Clemson. I have NC State. All right, we got that. Um, all right. So Wake Forest, number 22. At number 23, Florida State minus seven. So Florida State is a seven-point favorite at home against Wake Forest. Interesting game. What are your thoughts here, Jay? Well, I'll tell you what, that's tough because everybody would say, oh, Clemson, the Clemson versus Wake Forest game last week. Wake Forest definitely will cover. I I just think it's going to be tough to rebound from that. Um, I think Florida State is good. I'm going to go with Florida State to cover and win by more than seven. Wow. Wow. I'm surprised to say that. That's I don't feel good about that one, but I'm going to go against the green and say Florida State is going to cover. All right. All right. I like it. It's bold. It's bold. Um, So, you know, I'm still at the point. I'm still at the point with Florida State where I don't know quite what to make of them yet. They've had some really good wins this year. Some really good wins. Obviously, the season opener against LSU. um, And then they took down Louisville. That's looking like, you know, that Louisville team is very tough, very competitive. So, that's a really nice win for Florida State, especially on the road. Um, but I like this Wake Forest team. I think they're really well coached. Um, they can score points in bunches. Um, and I think they're going to go down into Tallahassee and not only cover, I think they're going to win the game, Jay. Um, well, you are just disagreeing with me. <laughs> and this is not scripted at all. So uh, <laughs> this is not scripted at all. But I, I – I just have a feeling, you know, again, like you mentioned, can they recover quickly, you know, after that home loss? But, you know, you lose to, to Clemson. There's no shame in that. And you push them as far as they can go. So I think they're going to bounce back. Like I said, really well-coached team. I love the quarterback um, and the way he stretches the field vertically and aggressive offense. So I'm going to say Wake Forest gets it done, buddy. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Lock it in. We shall see. So moving right along here, the next the next game here, another tough one. Number seven, Kentucky, at number 14, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a seven-point favorite. Um, interesting when you look at this game, you know, Kentucky number seven in the country that you're not used to seeing that basketball school ranked that high, right, Jay? Well, I mean, I'll tell you, Stoops has done such an awesome job down there. I mean, 
it, yeah, I mean, they're basketball. They're known for their basketball, but I've been impressed with how they play defense and how they're how they've been really the past couple of years. Yeah, he's he's been tremendous. I mean, what he's done there, he's he's turned that whole culture around. Um, he's brought a respect a respectability to the football program. Probably the first guy that could ever beat Florida, you know, at Kentucky or at least in the last thirty years. Um, so yeah, you're right. He's still though number seven in the country. Wow, pretty impressive job there. Um, going into Ole Miss, what what do you think? What are your thoughts here uh, on this one, Jay? Well, for me, you know, you look at that spread, and I'm like, seven points, Ole Miss. I mean, can they win by that much? But I, I just think that it's going to be a low-scoring ball game, and I think you know, even if Ole Miss wins, I think it's going to be closer than seven. So I'm going to go with Kentucky to cover. All right. Well, you know, it was interesting today. There was a, there was a. I don't know if you caught this. Uh, Lane Kiffin, the coach of Ole, Ole Miss, uh, vented a little frustration with the Ole Miss fan base. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you caught that, Jay, but he said it's a shame when yeah, we come I saw out. It. To play. You saw that, you know, interesting comments. He said, he essentially said, and this is not, you know, uh, word for word, don't take this verbatim, but he essentially said, when you come out to play at home in front of our crowd, it's almost like a high school game. Those were his words. So I thought that was really interesting. I'm wondering what kind of reaction that's going to generate from the fan base there. Um, And, you know, Kiffin's got a, a history of, you know, he's definitely not the most conservative guy in terms of his comments, right, Jay? I mean, all I know is if you be- if you talk shit, you better back it up. So <laughs> they better play well. Otherwise, the fans are going to be pissed off if they go out and lose. Yeah, yep. And I wouldn't so, call out the fan base. I mean, that's not smart. So Yeah, it's not something you really ever want to do. And, you know, he might make a valid point. I don't know. I haven't seen Ole Miss up, up close and personal this year yet, um, you know, to really examine it that closely. But, you know, when I look at this game, Jay, Ole Miss, one of the the highest scoring offenses in the country, they average about 41 points per game. Kentucky, though, just a tough team, a grinded out team. Um, They play defense, love the quarterback, Will Levis, uh, really, really tough kid um, from right here in my backyard in Connecticut. So uh, I'm always, I'm always pulling for him, but I, I'm going to agree with you on this one, Jay. I'm going to say Kentucky goes into Ole Miss, and uh, I expect this game to go right down to the wire, um, but I think they'll cover the seven points. We're together, finally. Finally, right? I, I'm just going to – well, what I'm doing now, after last week, I'm going to listen to your pick, and I'm just probably going to – you know, change mine around because you know. <laughs> well, I don't know if you should. I mean, <laughs> I was bad until last, last week was my, my one shining moment. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like I've had a, I feel like I've had a good read on it until last week. Um, but there's just so much, Jay. There's more parity than ever in college football, and it's pretty awesome to see. Seems like anybody has a chance to win. Well, you just never know what team's going to show up. One team may be amazing one week, and then they, you know, they play terrible the next week. So that's what you're you're predicting. You're predicting ball games, or you don't know how the team's going to show up. So I just think of the SEC; those games are always close, and I just can't see it being a blowout either way. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Um, <clears throat> all right, Jay. So now we move 
to another another good game here, but this time we go to the Big 12. And it's number nine, Oklahoma State, um, at number 16, Baylor. Baylor's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. What are your thoughts here, Jay? Well, I, you know, I'm going to go to Baylor. I know they lost to BYU, and Oklahoma State's undefeated, and they've got a big offense. But I, I just think that Baylor, you know, they got a, they're going to have it turned around after that loss. And, you know, sometimes when a team loses, their backs are against the wall or they feel that pressure of losing again. They play a little bit better, and the team that's undefeated maybe doesn't have that pressure. So I'm going to go with Baylor to win by more than two and a half. All right, all right. You know, I uh, I went against Baylor up at BYU. Um, but ever since then, I've been really impressed with them. <clears throat> you know, they dropped that game. Last week, they took care of business against Iowa State, who's no slouch. You talk about a program that's really turned it around. Um, they become a very solid program, really well coached. Baylor gets it done there. So <clears throat> I like the fact that they're at home this week. I think it's going to be a great game. You know, two and a half points spread. The odds makers are, are basically telling us it's it's an even game. But I'm going to go ahead and say Baylor just, just because they're home. I'm just going to go with the home team here. Um, and I'm going to say they get it done against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Well, it's going to be a great game, so I don't go down to the last uh, last possession either way. Yeah, I'm not I'm not normally a Big Twelve guy, Jay, but I think this week there's a number of great games in the Big Twelve, so I'm uh, I'm interested to see you know uh, how those games shake out. Um, all right, on to the next one here, my friend, number fifteen, Washington. Now we go out to the Pac-12. Um, at UCLA, all right, Washington is a two-and-a-half-point favorite here. Well, I'll tell you, Washington has been so good to start off the season. Uh, their head coach, Kalen DeBoer, has been really good. I think this is a Washington team that is going to contend for the Pac-12 title. I think they're going to be a surprise, and I think they play real defense. So I'm going to go with Washington to cover. Yeah, I I agree with you here. I'm just not sold on UCLA at all, Jay. I think they, they've scored a lot of points. Um, they really haven't beaten anybody. You know, I like the fact that Washington put it on Michigan State pretty good. You know, I think that's a good sign when you can, <clears throat> you know, play a team from the Big Ten to the caliber of Michigan State and, and, and beat them up pretty good. So, um, you know, Washington, I, I, I'm not sure if they're appropriately ranked at 15. I would have them maybe closer, you know, down in between 20 and, and 25. That might be a little high. But um, I do think they're the better team here. And like I said, I'm just not sold on UCLA at all. So I think Washington, the Huskies go in and get it done. And I don't think it's nearly that close. I think they're going to win the game by, you know, at least 10 points or so. So, um, you know, I, the Huskies will get it done on the road. All right. I'm with you. So what are we, four games in? So, yeah, we have <clears throat> so far, just to uh, to recap, we had, let's see, we had Wake, Florida, Florida State, NC State, Clemson, Kentucky, Ole Miss, Oklahoma State, Baylor, and then the Washington game. So that's five games right there we picked. Um, 
we definitely agreed a little more this week, right, guys? So, um, but let's let's kind of just jump in really quick to you know the East Carolina game, Jay. <clears throat> I know you had a chance to call that game last week, um, but if you just have any brief thoughts on how you think East Carolina will respond this week on the yeah. road at South Florida. Well, I think East Carolina is going to respond really well, really positively. You know, I, th- I think last week was a tough matchup. I mean, both teams are really good teams. And even though Navy was 0-2, they had a bye week. And Navy is always good. I mean, that, that option is so tough to defend. They play hard on defense. That was a big challenge. And they had the bye week to prepare an extra week. So I think, you know, it was a – it was a slugfest. I mean, both teams were physical, and it went down to, to overtime. So, I mean, it could have, it could have turned out either way. Um, but I think there's a lot of things East Carolina, you know, learned from that ball game, and you know, they're going to have to regroup this week during practice and and get back, you know, get back to you know, kind of the game plan for South Florida. But I, I think they're going to respond the right way, and I think that this is going to be another tough one on the road, first road game of the season. I think South Florida. You know, even though South Florida's record isn't good, they've played UCF, Florida, and Louisville. So they played really good teams. Um, uh, excuse me, not not UCF, but they 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 played really good non-conference teams. BYU, they played BYU, Louisville, and Florida. So this is a team that that has talent, a lot of transfers, but it's going to be a challenge for ECU. I mean, the biggest thing for the Pirates is, you know, they just have to make sure they protect the ball. A couple turnovers in that game. And then, you know, they're, they're going to have to find a way to have some more balance because um, when they can run the ball and throw it, the offense is really tough to, to stop. And on the defensive side, you know, get pressure on the quarterback, Bohannon, and, you know, find a way to create some turnovers. But I think they're going to respond the right way. Yeah, you know, obviously with the hurricane situation in Florida, Jay, this game was moved from Tampa to, uh, to Boca um, on the East Coast of Florida. So it's going to be, it's going to be kind of a interesting game to watch from the standpoint that it's going to be a, it's going to be an empty stadium. You know, you're essentially playing on a neutral field um, at Florida Atlantic. Um, I, you know, it's going to be very tough obviously for anybody to travel in from out of state or even to travel across the state of Florida with, there's going to be flooding, there's going to be power outages and whatnot. So um, I think it's going to be a, a virtually an empty stadium in Boca Jay, and just wanted to get your thoughts. Generally speaking, you know, as a former player, you know, what what is that challenge like for you? And I, I could give my thoughts on it as well. But what's that challenge like for you? Yeah. Have Have you had an experience, Jay, where you went into a stadium and it was virtually empty? And uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Rice. Rice was empty. UAB kind of was. <laughs> There's a couple yep. that were kind of empty. I know you've been with some of those too. I mean, I, I think the challenge for this week is really going to be which team handles the circumstances better. I mean, for South Florida, obviously, there's a lot of distractions. For East Carolina, distractions too because they're going to a new place. And as far as the game not being at South Florida. So, I mean, I think the advantage is in East Carolina's favor because – it's a road game for them, and South Florida was expecting to play at home, and then you know, they've got the hurricane going on in their state, and their families are being affected. Um, that's going to be tough for those players to focus because all their families, a lot of them live in Florida, and a lot of them are being affected. So, you know, which team can handle the 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 hurricane, the distraction, the traveling the best? 
is going to have a big say in who wins it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they talk about <clears throat> when you play in an environment like that, which is virtually empty, they, they always talk about you have to create your own excitement. You have to create your own enthusiasm. I think whichever team approaches it from that standpoint, who is ever more excited to be there, I think, you know, is going to have a major advantage in that game. Now, I fully expect East Carolina to be very motivated, very hungry. Um, in my opinion, this is a game you simply cannot lose. You know, if you're if you're Mike Houston, you're in year four. Um, we have a very talented football team. We have a fifth-year quarterback. Um, we have weapons. I love the way our defense played last week against Navy. I love the um, the direction we've 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 headed on defense. Um, Blake Harrell's done a tremendous job. He's done a tremendous job. So we have the pieces in place to get it done. And this is a game that we sh- – this is – again, this is my opinion here, Jay. I, I feel like this is a game we should absolutely win and take care of business on the road. And, you know, you look at South Florida, you know, that team, you know, they have to be questioning themselves a little bit, in my opinion, right now. They've had some blowout losses. They got annihilated last week against Louisville. Um, I, I want to say at one point that game was like 45 to nothing uh, or 40 to nothing somewhere in that in that area. So um, they got absolutely blown out. Makes you wonder about the psyche of that team and just where they are. And, you know, you throw in the challenges of the hurricane and what they're going through this week. You know, I think I think this all adds up to an advantage for for East Carolina here. So, you know, the line, I believe, last I saw it, I think it was seven and a half. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the Pirates bounce back in a big way um, and take care of business on this neutral field in Boca. Correction, uh, it's actually East Carolina minus nine. Thanks, Bubba, for for putting that up. Um, but I still say that the Pirates get it done um, down in Boca and win this game by anywhere from you know ten to twenty points. Well, I I, I agree. I mean, I think East Carolina is going to respond the right way. I, I, I think, you know, after, after any time I had a ball game where, you know, we lost, it always, you know, sometimes it helps you refocus and, and, and you know, that, that pain of the loss kind of helps recalibrate things and not that you always need to be recalibrated, but I mean, it forces you to, and I think East Carolina, you know, I think they're going to come out there and play, play really well and control what they can control. So it'll be fun to see, you know, both teams, how they come out and, you know, just how it looks like um, on TV with, you know, the stadium there and a neutral site. But I expect East Carolina to, to come out and play well. I do as well, Jay. And um, just, just wanted to kind of pick your brain on a few other things that popped up last week as well. You know, obviously, you know, Jay, you're a broadcaster. Um, you're a former player. I just want to kind of pick your brain a little bit. What are your thoughts on the on the targeting rules that we're seeing and and the way that the targeting is impacting college football games around the country. Last week we saw um, Elijah Morris, you know, in the Navy game uh, ejected for, you know, a sack that when we played Jay, that would have been considered an amazing play. But now all of a sudden it's a targeting and an ejection. What are your thoughts on that rule? Do you see that being changed in the near future? We would have got a sticker on our helmet for that hit. No, no doubt. <laughs> um, 
I mean, my my take on it was it's unfair and it's unfortunate and it's wrong. I mean, to me, there should not be a flag on that play and no one should be kicked out of the ball game. I think that's all ridiculous. But that is the rule. And if you go by the rule, I mean, it, it was technically, you know, there was contact there. And I mean, the whole thing is, if the rules in place is technically correct, but I just think the rules ridiculous. Do I think it's going to change? Maybe they may change the part about not being disqualified, but I, I I think, I think it's here to stay as far as um, safety and they're going to be very, very careful and, and with player safety. So I think eventually they'll change the rule as far as them being disqualified but I do think they're going to continue to call it close. Yeah, I think the intent of the rule was – the intent, the original intent, I would say, was they had their head in the right place. You know, they, in terms of they were trying to protect the players, I get it. But I think they need to tweak it, Jay. I really – in my opinion, what needs to happen – you could go a few different ways with this, but what the first option for me would be if a player – gets called for a targeting, all right, it's a 15-yard penalty, and he gets a warning. If the same player gets called for a second targeting, okay, now it's a 15-yard penalty and an ejection. So you essentially get a warning and a second chance, if you will. That's one option for me. Um, you know, and then and then the other way, I mean, there's so many different ways you could, you could do it. Um, but you could essentially just, you know, flag a player, um, you know, and make him sit for, you know, a quarter or, or the remainder of a half. I think that the way they have it, it's just way too extreme. Um, so I, I, I'd like to see a change with that. I think eventually it will. I just think it's going to either take the off season to come or, you know, something happened that's really disastrous as far as, you know, unfair guys being having to go out of a national championship game. But I do think it'll change eventually. Um, I, I mean, I thought, I mean, I thought that was a perfect hit on Saturday. But oh, if you go by the play. rule, if you go by the rule, I mean, so much helmet. I mean, you know, they're going to call that. I mean, they are. So, yeah, and I think consistency, and not to not to kill this point, but I think consistency is the key, Jay. Um, I thought I saw a targeting by the rule again ten years ago. I would have considered it a great hit, but if we're going by the rule, I thought I saw a targeting on Holton Aylers later in that game that wasn't called. So my thing is, if you're going to call it, just be consistent about it. You know, it's so so. But but you're seeing you're really seeing these this targeting having a huge impact on college football games. So I I really think they need to address it. Yeah, I mean, and I th- I think they will, but I mean, I just feel bad for these defensive guys because it's tough to it's tough to be physical when you're worried about getting penalties. That's right. That's absolutely right. So, um, Jay, now, last thing I have for you um, in terms of, you know, just looking around the – it looks like we have a – actually, let me back up. We have a question here. Um, what are your thoughts, Jay, on the Georgia Tech opening? Um, obviously, they fired Jeff Collins this week. They got off to a terrible start. Um, some speculation here. Very interesting. Deion Sanders, who uh, is – has – Roots to Atlanta with the Braves and the Falcons. What are your thoughts there? I would hire Dion in, in a second. 
I, I would hire him in a second because, A, he's going to bring recognition to your program. And if you really look at what's going you know, if people really look inside of what's going on at Jackson State, I mean, he's he's coaching football, but he, he may do it a different way or different than people are used to. But he's he's teaching life lessons. And, I mean, you know, you could go out and hire just some some regular coach or you could swing and be aggressive and swing for the fences and hope you hit on Dion. And I just think, you know, with him, of course, you'd have, he has to prove it at a higher level and it's different. You know, it's different at the FCS level. But, I mean, I think he's a winner. I think he can do it. And I, I think that if you hire him, he's going to – He's gonna he's gonna be a lot better than Jeff Collins was. So yeah, he, yeah, he would and, be in the running. Yep, yep, I agree. Yeah. You know, the one thing about Dion is love him or hate him, he's he's a charismatic guy. He's got a huge personality. I don't know quite where he is in terms of coaching from an X's and O's standpoint yet because he's new to the, the coaching game. But in terms of recruiting, Jay, can you imagine Dion Sanders? you know, in the state of Georgia. I mean, I could just basically see, you know, every high school coach is going to roll out the red carpet for Dion. Um, he would be able to recruit at an incredibly high level. Um, I think he's the type of guy he would, in his first year, if he was to get a job like that, he'd probably bring in, He, you know, he'd go the route of Lincoln Riley. He'd probably bring in 20 to 25 um, guys from the portal, you know, big time recruits. He'd turn that program around very quickly. Yeah, uh, I I think he would for sure. And I, I mean, I think, you know, some schools may be scared to hire him just because, you know, he hasn't been a coach for 20 years and gone through the normal, you know, gone through the normal steps. And, and you know, he's a former player. But, but I mean, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't sometimes, you know, your your path to get there, everyone's is different. And I just think, you know, he's going to bring national attention, recruit. And even if he doesn't know the X's and O's parts, there's a lot of head coaches out there that ha have to rely on good assistance. And that's the same thing that he'd have to do. He has to bring in a good staff, but he'll bring in players. And at the very least, he's going to put them, you know, give them a lot of attention on sellout stadiums. And that's really important too. Oh yeah. He would, he would definitely put any team, you know, on the map from a publicity standpoint, for sure. Um, you know, Jay, what are your thoughts right now as we look at the landscape around college football? If the playoff was to start, you know, let's just say in a few weeks, who do you think would be the top four teams in the playoff? Well, I, I think realistically it's going to be two teams from two conferences. That's the best. The top four teams, I think, are Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan. I don't think I don't think Clemson has the offense other than last week to be really good, and I think Ohio State, and Michigan, even though they're going to play each other, you know, I think those are the two best teams in in along with Alabama and Georgia. And until I see something different, I think Alabama and Georgia are going to play in the national championship. Yeah, I mean Oklahoma obviously stubbed their toe last week, Jay, with a loss at uh, Kansas State. Um, I was shocked by that one there, especially since Kansas State lost to Tulane the week prior. So that was very surprising. Kind of knocks Oklahoma back down, you know, a notch. What What do you think about the chances of USC, Jay? Their schedule is much lighter, much lighter being on the West Coast. 
They don't play the same type of schedule as you would see in the Big Ten or the SEC, obviously. You think Lincoln has any chance? If he can run the table, Jay, do you think he can find a way to uh, sneak into the playoff? Um, I think they definitely could. I mean, because of their schedule and how good they are. The only the only concern for them is they can only – they. I don't think they can have – they don't have any lead way. So, I mean, if they have one loss – and there's a bunch of other teams that have one loss. They're going to be at the end, the end of that line because of the strength of the Pac-12. Um, and I also get concerned about their defense. And also, too, at the end of the day, they still have to go to Utah. UCLA's a rivalry game, and Notre Dame's still tough. So I think, you know, even though their schedule's easier, I think there's still opportunities for them to to trip up. But I think I think what he's done there is amazing. Yeah, he's definitely turned it around quickly and – you know, I, I agree with you on those four. Michigan is still a bit of a question mark for me. I, I never really know what to quite make of Michigan under Harbaugh. I mean, they've been very solid, very solid. But last year they got their doors blown off against Georgia um, in the playoff. And then <clears throat> I thought they were they were just playing incredibly well um, the first portion of the season. Last week they really struggled um, with Maryland. They really That surprised me a lot, Jay. So I think Michigan for me is somewhat – they're close. They're right there. Maybe a little bit on the outside looking in, but I definitely agree with Georgia, who I think is clearly the best team in the country. I think they'll steamroll Alabama if they – you know, when they play, and they will play. I think they'll steamroll Bama. Um, but I think Ohio State is really starting to come on now. You know, they started a little slow against Notre Dame, but they're picking it up as the season goes on. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing is, you know, all these teams, they, they're going to look bad one week, good one week. But how are you playing at the end of the year? And when you don't play good, can you slide by and somehow find a way to win? And, and that's important because you're not going to play perfect each week. But when you don't play perfect, can you win those ball games? So I think I think we'll learn a lot about all these teams. But I, I think it's safe to say Alabama and Georgia are going to be there at the end. Yep, I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly, Jay. And <clears throat> you know, obviously with the with the parity we're seeing, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting uh, you know, second half of the season here. So um so Jay, with that said, where where are you gonna be this weekend? What games do you have? I'll be Campbell versus NC Central, and then I've got a mm-hmm. high school game, Hillside versus Jordan tomorrow night. So Thursday night football and then Saturday football too. But uh, should be a good game at the FCS with Campbell and uh, Central. Central's in the top 25, and Campbell, I mean, against East Carolina, everybody could see the talent they have. So it'll be a lot of fun. Maybe in the rain, but it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> no doubt about it, buddy. Well, hey, enjoy it. Have a great call. Um, great picks, as always. Uh, hopefully I do a little better this week. We, we you know, we'll, we'll see here. Um, well, but, we, we um, need to have a party next next week when we both go five and zero on our picks. Well, actually, I guess we can't go five and zero because we pick different ones. <laughs> I thought you were going to be with me, Matt, but it's all right. One of us will win. One of us will 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 hang in there. But uh, a lot of good games. I can't wait to see how they come out and how they turn out. And I'm really interested in that Clemson NC State game. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that one as well. So definitely looking forward to it. It's going to be a big Saturday. And, um, you know, with that said, I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Please remember to go to the Sports Objective on YouTube, like and subscribe our page. 
Uh, feel free to chime in with any comments on these picks tonight. We love to hear uh, from people watching the show. And um, as always, uh, Jay, you have a great weekend and go Pirates. You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. Listen to the show pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. Be sure to follow us on social media at the Sports OBJ on Twitter and TikTok, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show and go pirates! Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.